chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Leeds shocked the champions elect as they beat Manchester City early Saturday morning 2-1 with Stuart Dallas grabbing a brace. Liverpool had a dramatic come-from-behind win as they try to get back into the top four, defeating Aston Villa 2-1 thanks to a late goal from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mo Salah scoring as well. He's back into the tide for lead for the Golden Boot. West Ham absolutely love scoring three goals a game as they won 3-2 over Leicester City, trying to solidify a uh, top four finish. Jesse Lingard remains a man on fire. And Manchester United got a 3-1 win over Tottenham thanks to goals from Fred, Cavani, and Mason Greenwood. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. It's just myself and Alex Moss. I'm Andrew Pissarro. How are we doing today, Alex? Can't complain. First Champions League semifinals for Chelsea in uh, seven years. We'll be there uh, facing Real Madrid. I'm sorry. I know that's a sore topic to bring up with you right now, but I, yes, I, I kind of want to contextualize something because I saw a lot of like social media content from you centering around the idea of like, if Liverpool don't go through today, I'm going to be very sad, which I, while I understand the very basic nature of it, you guys were three, one down, like how, like how scale of one to 10, how likely did you think it was going to be that you guys went through from that starting point? I would say I was at about 40, 40, 45%. Like I knew it was going to be tough. (laughs) I was at like 20. But here's the thing. You look at that Real Madrid backline. Like, look who was, there's no Sergio Ramos, no Varane. I'm not saying Militao or Nacho had a prolific game, but the one who, the person who did have a prolific game was Courtois. I mean, we had a chance in the opening minute 45. And I'll say this, I I said this to a couple of Liverpool fans uh, privately, not on Twitter. I think if there are fans in that game, we win the game. Like, I really think. I mean, maybe you win, but but, when you say win, do you mean, do you think you go through? I think we went two 0 I think we went two 0 I don't know. I mean, because that, that we just look at we made speaks to a bigger so issue with chances. Liverpool. Where like, yes. you guys don't score yes. as many goals this year, so it's just harder to believe that. And also, make sure. Sorry, Real Madrid. The only player that was different in their backline from last week uh, compared to this week was Valverde playing at right back instead of Vasquez. So. Right. You know, that backline still was pretty good defensively last week. That's the main reason I just thought. Correct. It would just, yeah. I mean, Real just, you know, I, I, mean, I didn't actually watch Sadio the game, Mane, but I'm guessing they just sort of uh, made it a boring game and, you know, saw it out, kind of like what Chelsea did. Um, To some extent. I mean, Liverpool had a bunch of chances. Courtois had a very, very strong day in the net. Um, I, I think that was a big part of it. They didn't really attack us much i will say they they had some chances but i wouldn't say like we had good chances that we just have not been the clinical team that we were last year i mean look at sadio Mane's numbers from last year to this year i would bet 
my house, the the house that I don't have, I would bet my house that he's got some sort of like you know how the end of the after like an NHL of season or NFL season. Yeah, that's well, what, that's it's either after I, effects of COVID. That's what I brought up on a previous episode. That yeah, it's it's either that or it's like some form of ankle injury or something. But like the dude used to be so like he was clinical last year, and he just his form has fallen off a cliff. And I mean, Firmino, I thought played well. Salah played fine. There was a lot to take out of the performance today. Like I think if we play with the same intensity that we played today. We should win out. And that includes the United game. Like, I, I really, I've not been blown away with Manchester United this year. I think they've done well while a lot of other teams have struggled. They've been more of like a consistent level. But this is the best Liverpool have played, in my opinion. In a nil-nil? Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm, it, not, I mean, I'm not going to judge you guys off that. I'll, I'll, I'll take what you, what you meant. But also, you know, with a pinch of salt, because I'm sure Real were just thinking to themselves, you know, you know, manage things. If they score, then we switch yeah. it on and try to get one or two ourselves. One hundred percent. But one hundred percent. Looking at the, the to... Villa game from the weekend, I mean, you guys won, and like obviously that shows the, the the fight you need. You're going to need to get back into top four and be back in the Champions League next season. But like that, that Alexander Arnold goal came out of literally nowhere. I know Martinez had a save right before that, but it was Villa that looked like they were pushing for the win more so than Liverpool in that game. And I, th- I think that should kind of concern you guys. Like, yes, I know Jota is back, and the more he can play without getting injured, the better for your prospects. But there's a like Mane, and I think you kind of have to bring Salah into it, even though his numbers haven't been as uh, badly affected. I did see that miss early in the game against, uh, yep. or not the miss, but he put it straight at Courtois. Uh, yep. That's the kind of chance you're used to him, you know, scoring early in a Champions League home game against uh, an opponent late on in the Champions League, and all of a sudden that ignites the entire team, and he just doesn't have that same sort of sharpness to him. So no, I, I still think I mean, it will end up being Liverpool and Chelsea that get those two spots, and West Ham and Leicester will fall out. I'm right there with you. I think we're going to finish fourth because I've, I've looked. I've looked over our four schedules. Ours is the toughest. Like every single weekend. Ours is the toughest. I'm not afraid to say it. Yours I, is the toughest. Because I think we have the. I think Leicester's is. Leicester's, Leicester's is, is right up there with yeah. you. And and the thing is, if you look at everyone's form and you look at everyone's injuries, Leicester. I think if I had to pick one team definitively of those four to to miss out, I think it's Leicester. And I think yeah. two. I'm, and it is easy to say that this is me. off the back of two losses, but those two losses were but I, you know, I, City and West Ham. Yeah, I don't know if it's easy. Well, and here's the other thing. Hot tip, because I got this from the one West Brom fan I follow on Twitter. West Brom have a great record against Leicester. And I would hesitate to guess, just in all my years of watching Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool, that Big Sam has a good record against Brendan Rodgers. So well, we, that's, we should look that's into that. Leicester's but next game. You, you don't need a West Brom fan to tell you that West Brom are playing well right now. Because hi, my name's Alex, yeah. and I'm a Chelsea fan, and we were the most recent and first <laughs> victim of West Brom's uh, new cutthroat nature that they seem to have discovered. So yeah, I'm right there yeah. with you on Leicester. Better and in, in regards to West Ham, uh, they have a couple of injuries that they've been able to overcome. I'm sure we'll talk about that head-to-head game in, in a second. But just when you come down to this run-in uh, to the season, and I know we are already in it, and uh, you know those West Ham specifically have not shown any signs of slowing down, but they have a head-to-head game at home against uh, against Chelsea. I think they might mm-hmm. have one other uh, difficult game left. 
And I, I just think like the the leaky defense, even if they are scoring three goals a game for the last three games, it's uh, it's come back to bite them once against Arsenal and then almost twice after that against uh, Wolves and Leicester. I, I just think as the, the, the games themselves tighten up and the meaning of those games, you know, begins to ratchet up, that, uh, that, that pressure, you know, plays games with teams' heads. And, you know, Chelsea have gone two years in a row now being in this sort of situation and, you know, still being able to balance either Europa League or an FA Cup run last year with getting into the the top four. And we've got just as big of a squad, if not bigger, this, this season with no, like, huge injuries right now. I think Kovacic might be out for this weekend against City in the Cup. But other than that, like our squad is fine and it was already one of the deepest next to city uh, in the entire league. So I think all signs just point to sort of like a natural order kind of assuming itself by the end of the season with Manchester city, Manchester United, and then Chelsea and Liverpool, not in that order, but yeah, I don't really care. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't care if we finish fourth place cause there's no play in games anymore. And frankly, like, sure. Oh, let us play play in games. Let, let, let's give Harvey Elliott his European debut for Liverpool. Like, like I don't, I don't care. I'm not worried. But I just looked over West Ham's run in. They, you're right. They do have Chelsea. They also have Everton at home. And I don't. I'm not saying Everton could win that game, but Everton might not lose that game, and that could be points dropped. And then you look at their last game of the season is West Brom, and you never know. West Brom could be playing nah. to. I, I don't think so. I think they'll be relegated. I, I, I by know then. they've won tw- two games in a row right now, but like we can't start like picturing eight them points to, back. To stay They're up. eight points back with seven to go. It's so much to make up. I mean, maybe they can, but it's just so yeah. much. Who knows? Yeah, there's a lot of time, and I mean, Leicester's Leicester's run. Uh, they still have to play Palace, but that won't be bad. They have to play Southampton in the league and in the cup. They have Manchester United away at Chelsea away and Tottenham at home to close the season. Right. Yeah. They have a really tough end of season run. So I'll keep my eyes on both of them. But like I said, I think it's just going to end up with Chelsea and Liverpool back in the Champions League where we belong. That's what that's what I want. I mean, there's going to be major squad overhaul, I think, at Liverpool, even with the pandemic going on. I think there'll be a lot of I think there's going to be a lot of changes. And for the first time in a while, I think there'll be. I mean, obviously, Jeannie Wijnaldum's leaving. I think Oxlade-Chamberlain could leave. I think Shakiri will leave. I think Origi will leave. I think we'll sign a couple defenders. And I think Naby Keita will leave. And I don't... I mean, they're going to need to bring it forward. I, I mean, this is a different podcast, but yeah. yeah I, I mean, there's, there's a lot... This is the end of season. What can we do to improve yeah. pod? <laughs> yeah. Well, Manchester City. If I'm a Manchester City fan, I'm still not worried about the Premier League title. Like... They got they? a shock result against Leeds this past weekend, which is not great, but they went through in the Champions League. They're going to play in the um, the Humanitarian Bowl against PSG and uh, <laughs> sponsored by Chick-fil-A. I, thought, I, I saw that we, from somebody else on I Twitter. I thought we were agreeing to calling this uh, El Cashico. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. That's that's really what it is. Is uh, but I feel, yeah, like, I feel I like, like that's what it's I been like, called in the past when they've played in random Champions League games. But yeah. It's going to be a good one. I'm very excited for that. Pochettino versus Pep again. And the the midfield battle is going to be magnificent. Hopefully, Marquinhos is like healthy, so we don't have to have Danilo Papert. Yeah, and Verratti. Although Verratti is just going to go in there and like stamp the shit out of somebody on City, and all of Manchester City Twitter is going to lose their mind. But look, they lose to Leeds. I think this is a huge statement win for Leeds. They're definitely safe. 
And I think we should have a few more games where leads are surprisingly exciting towards the end of the season. Like they play Liverpool on Monday, and I think that's going to be a re- another very fun game. I'm looking forward to that. I think I have Liverpool in over two and a half goals in that on my card for the weekend. But what is, I mean, what's the next? I mean, Leeds is safe. Manchester City are going to win the Champions They're going to win the league. Has Leeds accomplished everything that they've wanted to by mid-April? Like, they're definitely safe. They're <laughs> oh, definitely, they, like... Yeah, I mean, they accomplished that probably around, you know, February. They just... Yeah. You know, the Marcelo Bielsa is their head coach, so they hold themselves to a higher standard than that. But that is the goal. Uh, I don't think there's any mistake in that. But, yeah, I think they just kind of had a West Brom at uh, Chelsea kind of, like, l- lease of freedom given to them once they all kind of felt like they were pretty much safe. Um, and, and as freely as they played throughout the season, the, they somehow f- found ways at times to play even more freely and, you know, without fear. And that's half the battle when you play the kind of system that Bielsa does. The, the, the thing that really impressed me from this game specifically was just like how they timed when they were going to, you know, come out of their shell per se. They're never truly in a shell. But when you get your captain and best defender sent off, like, you know, at halftime just before halftime and when you've just taken the lead a few minutes before uh you kind of have to reassess things and you can't go as gung-ho with a high pressing style as you you might have wanted to so you know they kind of sit back and kind of defend their own half more so for most of the second half they concede the equalizer really well worked goal that torres finished off and then I think they had one or two, uh, I don't want to say lucky, but they had one or two like breakaways, one from Rafinha where Ederson came in and had like a really well-timed like actual tackle. And uh, I can't remember exactly the other one, but there, there were signs that Leeds were going to be able to you know, counter M- Manchester City pretty effectively. And Stuart Dallas is the one who does it again, like, see, like just completely out of nowhere in the 91st minute. So it, it was impressive to see Leeds like kind of mix the 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 free uh attacking style of you know what Bielsa usually wants to play with a a little bit more of a uh defensive solidity that you know set the platform for when they were going to be able to you know break out and and make Manchester City hurt so that was fun to see as much as I hate Leeds it was it was pretty uh, fun to see and by far like the, the the biggest result of their season so far and they've already had a couple of good ones so yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, now now you just kind of look to see this summer who Bielsa and that that board at Leeds can convince to to come in to build off of this because if uh, if they run in with the same squad, it might not be the same result next season. But they've showed by signing a player like Rodrigo from Valencia that in certain situations, Marcelo Bielsa still has a lot of pull to a lot of very talented players. So it makes you wonder. Maybe Sergio yep. Aguero. And Leeds will face off. Um, I, I don't think Aguero. I don't off. think Aguero would ever go there. But what would your thoughts be if Sergio Aguero was just like, I want to keep playing in England, and I'm going to do it with my countryman think, Marcelo Bielsa. I think if he were to do it and to stay in England, I think Leeds is where he'd go because he'd get a chance to start. He'd, you know, I think he could be. I mean, whether they play two men up top with him and Bamford, or he becomes the like, he would start over Bamford. <laughs> he just would. Yeah. I think he would fit well there if they can keep Rafinha, who's been linked to a couple clubs about maybe, you know, having such a big impact in England in the first year. I mean, I know we've been linked to him in the past, but I think that would be a really good spot for him. I don't really know where else he's going to go that he's going to start, especially for like a Champions League caliber club that's going to be willing to pay him. Unless it's, I think Barcelona, 
might be in the conversation, but it depends on the money situation. It depends if Messi stays or goes. If Messi stays, I think there's a better chance. Um, yeah, I mean, no one really knows where he's going. It's just trying to throw out, yeah. like, fun alternatives at this point. It, Leeds would be a lot of fun. Leeds would be a lot of fun. I wouldn't want to play him twice a year again and potentially more in an FA Cup right. or League Cup situation. In a Bielsa system but, where he's just constantly being fed the ball as early as possible. Yeah, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, I think I think if he goes to Leeds, he'd score 20 goals in the season, provided that he's healthy. All competition. Yeah, probably though. like Maybe 15 not, to 20, if Bamford can. Like, 15, I, I, think, I think you could pencil him in for like 14-ish goals in the Premier League, and then, you know, maybe he gets another six between FA Cup, League Cup type situation. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's asking, I don't think that's, that's too big of a, of a, of a prediction, but yeah, I, that would be interesting. Leeds will face off against Liverpool at home on Monday Night Football. Uh, that was a very exciting way to start the season that was a 4-3 game at Anfield back in like August which was a really fun open game I think uh, I think we could be set up for another similarity Liverpool will have plenty of time to rest up before they have to travel to Leeds so that should be a fun Monday night football game at three o'clock thank god I'm off on Monday and I can sit and relax and watch that game and not have to be in my office in a studio at the same time but I, I do think Liverpool win either two or two one or three two I would I would think three two is probably a little bit more likely just with Leeds's uh, possibility of leaking goals just as much as us. But I, I think I think we're up for another exciting game. I mean, there's still the possibility of like a low scoring game. Like Leeds have had a couple of those, notably the nil nil with Chelsea a few weeks ago, and their first result against Manchester City was a nil nil at home, like much earlier in the season. Uh, so I, I think I would go like one one for that. Uh, and I, I feel like we should kind of mention that this week's uh, Premier League games are kind of staggered throughout the week, starting this coming Friday, which, you know, is a really good one in Everton Tottenham. But because of the FA Cup semifinals, uh, mainly between Chelsea, Manchester City on Saturday and Leicester and Southampton on Sunday, uh, those those four teams are going to be playing their Premier League games like later in the week. So uh, like Manchester City will then play like Villa next Wednesday. That will be their next Premier League game. So mainly Chelsea and City will have gone more than a week without playing Premier League games by the time, you know, the rest of their rivals have kind of played, which I I feel like is kind of an advantage, you know, to you guys and West Ham get to play Newcastle on Saturday, like, you know, getting to make the the gap between them and us uh, larger. I'm not complaining here. I'm just bringing it up. It's just a part of the season where this is just part of the the furniture for how things go. And it's a reason why why we love the Premier League, because, you know, you don't need these conditions for these games to be up in the air. Because, you know, this leads away game for Liverpool, I think, is very difficult by itself. But you know, the prospect of being like five points behind West Ham. I think you're, what are you, how many point, points behind West Ham? I think we're three right now. Right. So I think we're three points the prospect of right being now. six points behind West Ham in like fourth or third by the time uh, you play on Monday, you know, might negatively affect Liverpool just like it might Chelsea or City, but City aren't fighting for anything. So I don't know why I mentioned them. It's uh, it's a part of the season that is just very hard to predict is the overall thing I'm, I'm trying to say here. Uh, but that being said, I'll say like 1-1 one, one leads in Liverpool. Uh, Zuma and Pulisic getting another goal in that. They advanced um, even though they lost to Porto in the Champions League. And then they're going to face off against Manchester City Saturday 1230 in the semifinals of the FA Cup. Is that game at Wembley or is it? Um, yeah, it's at Wembley. Uh, 
There you go. I mean, it'll be empty at Wembley, but it's still at Wembley. How do you feel going into this? I mean, Chelsea or City got a big result in the middle of in the midweek in Europe as they advanced over Dortmund, winning two uh, one again and advancing four two on aggregate. Uh, how 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 nervous are you, or how confident are you that Chelsea can dig out a result here? So so nervous isn't the the word I would use uh, for this because it's the FA Cup. Chelsea have like a a good history in the FA Cup where you. The only team we seem to struggle with is Arsenal in finals when it's the, specifically the FA Cup. But it's like Chelsea definitely, and Chelsea fans definitely want to win it, especially after losing in the the final last year. But this just seems like more of a you know not a trial run, but more of like a free hit. Like let's go out there. We have plenty of players that uh, are you know good enough to be starting or think of themselves as good enough to be in the the first team squad that could be rotated to play in this game and uh you know if they're if they're on the right form on the day could absolutely uh, help us win uh, but it's going to be interesting trying to <laughs> trying to predict like what the lineup is going to be uh and for Chelsea and for Manchester City because you know we've kind of grown accustomed to City playing this uh their best team in the Champions League for obvious reasons which kind of includes a Foden false nine with Bernardo Silva and Mares and and uh, De Bruyne, uh, they've played that lineup, and, and Gundogan, I should add to that also, they played that lineup today in the Champions League against uh, Dortmund, and on the weekends, they've usually been going back to Aguero or Jesus. Uh, like in the, the Leeds game last weekend, Kevin De Bruyne didn't even get on the field because they were resting him for uh, for midweek. It'll be interesting to see how much that, that is the case for this FA Cup game, because I kind of fear it's not going to be the case. Like I kind of fear City are just going to go with another very strong lineup, maybe a couple changes here and there, like Raheem Sterling or something. And if that's the case, it's going to be a very, very tough game for us. Uh, but it, it, it's I, I'm not as nervous as I will be probably in a few weeks when we have to go to the Etihad in a league game and, you know, do it again, except for something that means a little bit more, uh, our league position and getting back into the Champions League next, next season. So I think this should be used as a trial run for that much more meaningful league game against Manchester City. And obviously these uh, two legs against Real Madrid that Chelsea are going to have coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, you Like uh, maybe Tuchel tinkers around a little bit more. Maybe he continues with the same uh, front three of Havertz, Pulisic and Mount that he's had for these last two games and has, uh, I think, overall played pretty well. And it, it, it's hard to predict, uh, but I, I think we're perfectly capable of going through, especially with N'Golo Kante you know, back in midfield, back playing well. Uh, Thiago Silva, after that terrible uh, second yellow card against West Brom, uh, played in the Porto game the full 90 minutes. And, you know, say what you want about us losing that game. That didn't feel like a loss at I all. I didn't watch that, that game it, at it all. Was an, I don't ex- we, said, we made the joke before in the Champions League preview pod where I was just like, no one's going to watch it because Bayern PSG is going on at the same time. So I'll just report back. It was a nil-nil. Like, Mehdi Taremi, their best striker, they, who they only brought on for the last like 20 minutes for some reason, even though they were, they were down by two goals, came on in the 90th minute, 91st minute, just had a, a freakish bicycle kick to, to the top right corner that, you know, you know, that's it, going to happen in the Champions League. But we we just professionally handled that that team and saw it out like, like it was basically a nil-nil. We kind of saw it out basically like Real Madrid did. 
um, in, in their second leg. But, you know, you guys weren't able to pull off like a, a Puskas Award nominee in the in the dying seconds to make it look tighter than it actually was. So, yeah, it would have helped. Yeah. Would have helped. The, the, the um, defensive solidity that we've kind of started to, you know, get back to in these last two games. The only shot we allowed against Crystal Palace was the Benteke goal, you know, which isn't ideal, but, you know, you got to say something for that. Uh, that defensive improvement has to has to help us against Manchester City, especially in this uh, this back this back five and uh, the way we've been able to keep possession uh, even when defending like relatively deep. I think that'll set us up well for Manchester City, and who knows, maybe this is the uh, Timo Werner breakout game with his pace. So, well, that's that's my next question: Who's going to start at striker? Is it Havertz again? Is he like? I'm guessing it won't be mainly because he's played those uh, those last two games. I think he even started the the first leg against Porto the week before as well and got taken off. So he's he's started three straight games now as either a center forward or just off the center forward. So I think he'll probably get rested for Manchester City and he'll he'll start Timo Werner to still have the mobility up front to press. The the one I'm worried about though is Pulisic because the kids kids hamstrings are made of paper mache like i i was surprised he even started the the second leg against porto i thought he would have been rested for this manchester city game but yeah he's another one that maybe changed maybe for uh hudson odoi or for uh hakim ziyech you know there's pl- plenty of options there and it's kind of hard to tell where tuchel's gonna to lean in in each position uh game to game he's he's it's a great thing about him because he's great tactically and he's able to make those adjustments uh, and, and tweaks for each individual game, but it just makes it a nightmare to predict how are we going to perform and, and, and approach this team. All right, moving on from the FA Cup. I don't think uh, I, well, the other I, don't think I Cup... said who was going to win, did I? Yeah. I just completely, yeah, you did not. I completely boxed that. I'll say 1-1 Chelsea win on penalties. Okay, well, that would absolutely screw me because I think I have Manchester City and more than uh, Manchester City and over one and a half goals in the game. Um, yes, yeah, so that would totally that would that would rip my heart out because um, that would not that would do me no do me no favors. Um, Leicester Southampton will be the other uh, the other one on the other side of the bracket. I feel that's going to be Sunday afternoon. I feel like that should be decent. I think both teams should really kind of throw the the kitchen sink at this one. Uh, Leicester taking home you know going to a final. Southampton going to a final. I, I think on form you probably have to say it's probably going to be Leicester well but, on form um, you wouldn't probably pick either of them but that's also true but I mean we've seen this Leicester team hand out some pretty fat hells to the Southampton team over oh right yeah 9-0 <laughs> how'd I forget yeah yeah so I don't know but this would be a big accomplishment for Hasenhutl to make it to a final amidst everything that's gone on at Southampton in the last you know little while here but I, I, that game should be decent throw it on at 130 on Sunday I mean there's Nothing else. More, There's no it's other be more game than on. Decent. <laughs> I think it'd yeah. be pretty entertaining. I, I'd probably like your uh, the same kind of bet you put on Man City and over what was it three goals, uh, but except do that for Leicester. Uh, um, I have it over only. I need two goals in a Manchester City win. That's what I need. I need the the three goals for the Liverpool game. Those are both going to be on my card. But that podcast will be coming out a little later after this. Um, I can get you odds on that though, real quick. First of all, Leicester minus one twenty, Southampton plus two ninety. For them to finish drawn at extra, at regular time is plus two fifty. So I'm, gu- I'm I mean, guessing there'll be a winner inside ninety minutes. Uh, that's also kind of how, how I feel about that. This just kind of seems like a team um, that Ianacho eats up. Leicester and more than two goals in the game is plus one twenty five. 
So uh, I think that's yeah, go probably that. a really fair pick. That'll be a good one. Yeah, probably a real fair pick to, to consider. Um, jumping back real quick, uh, Burnley lost to Newcastle after I threw money on Burnley to win. Newcastle getting a victory. Nico tried uh, to warn you, West- Andrew. Whenever you bet yeah, against well, Newcastle, they decide to just uh, turn their season around for an afternoon. I went 5-5 five and five Which, by the way, the I have something to say to Nico. How dare you question Thomas Tuchel? You know what, Nico? Manchester City are paying the price this weekend because of it. We'll see. <laughs> I we'll heard see. him besmirch the good name of Thomas Tuchel and, Tuchel and the Tuchelsea era. I will uh, I will not have that on any RSS feed belonging to the Ghost Skull podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went 5-5 five of five the weekend, and because I... So I bet the same unit on everything. I was still ended up being up over five units because of some of the shit that I hit on. So if you had bet the same amount on everything, you would have still been up for what I gave out last weekend. And that's two weekends in a row of monstrous weekends. Nice. So that's really all that matters. Like we said, West Ham and Leicester was another wild game. Lingard getting two goals. Uh, Iannaccio scoring two goals. West Ham will take on Newcastle this weekend. I th- uh, West Ham, are they are plus money straight up to win they're like plus 105 so I, it's probably good to take but I, I already have it in it's i already i texted my guy this afternoon i was like yo you got to jump on this because it's gonna flip before for, for saturday morning this, this is the um, kind of game I, i'm talking about for west ham that now they are or at least in this microcosm of the end of the season they are perceived as a high status team uh looking to achieve mm-hmm. much higher heights than their opponents they're going to run into the, the 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 trouble that plenty of other teams with more talent have run into them uh, have run into before, uh, of you know breaking down that low block. And I, I, I'm, I'm of course favoring West Ham, and I'm just being hopeful as a fan of a team that's slightly behind them mm-hmm. in the top four race right now. But I'll, I'll stand by. This is the kind of game that you know could cause uh, cause some kind of trouble for for West Ham. I'll probably I'll probably say one one here. We we just saw actually you know what I'll stick with one one we just saw Newcastle do that to uh, to Tottenham eighty fifth minute Joe Willock a couple weeks ago got uh, forced to draw uh, I think it was two two actually uh, and you know then Newcastle turned it around and uh, beat Burnley the very next week so yeah why not all right so I don't know if I'm going to give this out as an official pick but I have West Ham scoring three goals again in a game and um, I took it's Riding like plus three thirty. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding it until it stops working. And I took Jesse Lingard to score, and I think I have West Ham all on the card. Like I'm just gonna keep riding with the hammers as you know what I'm you know like if they're gonna keep winning games, I might as well keep winning money. And and when it stops winning me money, I'll stop betting it. So that's what I took. Andrew, um, don't you think your status as a Liverpool fan is up for debate here? Because what if the the cause and effect is the complete opposite, and you know superstitiously they're winning because you're betting money on them and you are in turn causing I don't think it works that way causing because the downfall of was, Liverpool not not qualifying for the Champions League this year it, the blood is on your case, hands then, Andrew the blood is on your hands I mean I've been betting on West Ham all year like go I think West Ham's probably That's the why team we're in the position we're in Andrew <laughs> why we're talking about West Ham and Leicester are above our two clubs with seven games left for now it's your fault. For now, it's all your fault. Uh, it's definitely not my fault. It's definitely if anybody ruined the season for us, it was Jordan Pickford. So that's that's what really needs to be addressed. But Jordan Pickford ruined my life in mid-October. Put it on my grave. October of 2020, the worst thing that happened to me was Jordan Pickford. I, I think West Ham gonna win. I think they just I think they win three one over Newcastle. But uh, and I do think Jesse Lingard gets on the score sheet. And uh, 
somehow the momentum continues. But watch out for that back line. So uh, I, who knows? This, 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 you're right. This could be a weird weekend for them. Tottenham Manchester United was, I mean, I had Manchester United and both to score on my card. I think it was like plus, I, I forgot what it was. I threw it out on, on the internet and it, you, I mean, you should have I, felt very secure as soon as Tottenham scored the first goal. You should have thought, yeah, well, that's I just the hard thought that part game was done. End <laughs> I just thought that game was going to end 2-0. Tottenham or, really? or Manchester United were going to, you know, just do the business. Tottenham were going to do anything. It was a decent game. Edison Cavani is so important to this Manchester United team. Like, they need to bring him back. I think having him around as, like, the elder statesman is it's such a nice piece to have. But there's a reason, like, I I don't know if this is the Liverpool fan and the bias in me. Like, yes, this Manchester United team is better. They're getting better under Ole. I'm not ready. Like, even if they win the Europa League, I'm not ready to, to, to call them European elite yet. Like, they're very good, and I know they beat Manchester City, but... I, I, okay, I don't think to, I don't think this is the podcast that you temper expectations about Manchester United on. I think it's probably the podcast yeah. where you say, "Look how good they are away from home." You know, it's kind of an it's yes. kind of an undeniable record at this point, even if it is against Tottenham, who we have been discussing for weeks are shit against anyone that is better than decent. Even if you just start with the the goal that was chalked off by the uh, the. The, the, the heinous slap of Son in the face by Scott McTominay. I'm being sarcastic, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, Manchester United weren't playing well, and at the blink of an eye, uh, if you rewatch that goal right after that, a couple of slick passing moves uh, later, and they're up 1-0 one, one thanks to a really well-timed run and really well-timed pass from Pogba to Cavani. Like seeing that just made me think, oh wow, yeah, okay, Manchester United are definitely winning this because they're not even playing well and they they still have the confidence to just go at Tottenham whenever they uh, they they see or feel an opening. Tottenham scoring right after that was why I was like, okay, that's the hard part of my three one prediction, which I did predict last week. Uh, that's the hard part of my three one prediction, like done with. And United came out in the second half, just, you know, their midfield, McTominay and Fred just looked like a couple of possessed demons running around, stopping every uh, counterattack uh, through the through the center. Luke Shaw was back to his uh, usual best so far this season. A great ball yep. in for the, uh, I think it was the second goal. Um, and then, yeah, I wasn't super confident that it would end 3-1. I'm happy that it did. So I was, I was right on that prediction, but... Uh, Mason Greenwood comes on and, you know, is just another one of uh, multiple players you could pick out that turned the tide of that game. Because if you watch the build up to the Cavani winner, the Bruno uh, nutmeg through, I guess it was Regulon, uh, Regulon's leg, it goes straight to Greenwood and he just, you know, plays a perfect ball on a line right to Cavani who lays out to score it. It was just. It was like something. It was le- legitimately something out of FIFA, something that you like co- like cook up in FIFA uh, to do, and re- very rarely see pull off and pulled off in actual games. So, um, United are very much the real deal, of course, for top four this year. And I think it has to mm-hmm. be said with the right signings, anything's possible next year. You know, we, I would agree with that. We were all talking I- about overcoming the thirty or forty point gap that Liverpool had last year. And, you know, United are, you know, they're far off from City, but it's not as big of a gap from them to City now as it was from them to Liverpool last year. And we've seen how 
I, a se- uh, certain seasons can affect big teams and burnout can affect big teams. You, you just have to be next up. That's all you have to do. You have to put yourself in a position that when the big dog falls off from not being able to keep the mantle, you're right there and you're hungry to, to take over. And United, I think next I to think- Chelsea are like one of the teams that I think is like po- poising themselves best to do that. I'd agree with that. Uh, I think, I mean, look, I'm not one of those people who's going to, I think Paul Pogba is a wonderful football player. And I think we've seen him kind of be what, I'm not going to say the finished article of what we expected when they play, paid that huge fee to Juventus, but he's been an essential part of this run that they've been on yeah. in the second half of this season. And he doesn't need to be the, I, the I know, 90 million pound player that that's now Bruno Fernandez's job. Pretty obviously, Correct. like so, he can he can be but, a, the Scotty Pippen to Bruno Fernandez as Jordan. It's a terrible but analogy. But if he sorry. leaves, if yes, if he leaves, though, I I do think I don't think that's a step in the right direction for United. I think I think if it's they really not as likely that he's going to leave as it as it probably was right. four or five months ago. I agree. I, I think I think I mean, especially with the pandemic. I mean, of all clubs, Manchester City is posting like a like a hundred and thirty million pound loss. So the financials this summer are gonna be wild. I think there's there's a lot I don't think we're gonna have a truly silly summer of a lot of moves as we think we we might have. So I'm not I mean, that's again another podcast, but United take on Burnley. I've got I think they could get another three one win here. I think they'll concede some corner some sort of like goal off a corner. Burnley will do have a magic moment, and then Manchester United just stick them for a few more goals. Like I, I, they'll win against Burnley. I'm one hundred percent confident. Three, three, one or two nil, probably. Uh, Burnley, yeah, Burnley are I getting like sucked down into it a little bit now, but I still think they're safe. Like there's a couple of teams that are probably not super comfortable with their league position right now, just above the relegation zone, but at the same time are kind of like looking at each other to see who's going to really go on a run of bad form uh, first. And I think, yeah, United can kind of, kind of like how Chelsea just sort of took care of Crystal Palace. They're another one of those teams kind of in, in limbo. I think United will do the same to Burnley and it'll just be 3-1. All right. Well, uh, Javier's not here, but Arsenal did get a 3-0 win over Sheffield. They have a massive game in Europa League. Where they have to overturn um, a 1-1 draw against uh, what Slavia Prague. And um, they need they need they to did, score in that game. They did miss like a a gaggle of very good chances in the first leg. So if their finishing is even you know one percent better than it was in the in the first leg, they'll probably walk out winners. But it might not be uh, easy. Uh, that's one thing that first leg showed us. And then they're going to be playing at Fulham Sunday at eight uh, eight thirty. And they never usually have any problems with Fulham home or away. So I'm guessing. They win that one like yeah. two one, maybe three one. That's what I like because I like because over two and a half goals at plus one twelve. So three, I think Arsenal win two one three nil. Same thing they did to Sheffield last weekend. I feel like that game's going to be open, and I think that's going to benefit whoever's that playing in that creative role for Arsenal, whether it's Odegaard, whether it's uh, um, Emil Smith Rowe, whoever gets to play is kind of like the creative midfielder. I. I would consider starting him in fantasy. I'm not even doing our fantasy league this year, but uh, I think they should be able to cut up Fulham pretty nicely. And I mean, Fulham are in trouble. They had a, they had a really tough swing last weekend because they lost and Newcastle won. So they were like, if they could have gone even with Newcastle last weekend and it literally was a, it was a six point swing for them. So right. And they, that's a brutal, they conceded the, the winner in the 90th minute or something to Adama Traore on Friday night. So, yep. Yep. And I had money on them to win that game. Yeah, too like I, sometimes it'd be like that it do 
Um, well, that's everything for the weekend. I, we I don't do think have it is. Midweek. I think we, we probably have to mention Everton Tottenham. Do we? Do, do they even matter? <laughs> like, I don't think they matter. <laughs> like, is it's, anybody it's listening to this like that I, really I cares? I keep that up for you or alley that up for you like Dwayne Wade to LeBron James. But I truly did well, not. I, oh, yeah. I yeah, truly that, did not intend for uh, my Everton uh, Tottenham to uh, be playing against your Everton Everton. And for that joke to be so uh, well teed up. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. Who gives a shit? Even though they are both math- mathematically nil, nil. still. Nil, nil, draw. No, come on. They just had, they had like a 5-4 in uh, the FA Cup back in uh, December or something. What was the, they had like a crazy high scoring game uh, in the FA I Cup. I think it was 5-4 because it was like the first time Carlo had ever conceded five goals. I remember talking about it on this very podcast. It was an insane game. But I, I do have the draw. I do have the draw. I, so you have I, two, I two, think, three, three, <laughs> over. Um, I, I think one, one is fair. I think you, I think it's just. Never, I think you might just know. be you might just be uh, poisoned by previous Friday night games, which are usually between like mid table to lower league uh, lower league clubs uh, or lower table clubs. Uh, this is a this is the rare Friday game with you know two top half clubs that still have plenty to play for. Everton and Tottenham are mathematically in the Champions League conversation, though we can all have varying degrees of how seriously they are in it uh they're both kind of struggling on the form chart right now everton haven't won a game in four or five in the league something like that and they beat tottenham in the opening day of uh, or the opening weekend of last season away so they'll fancy themselves to get back on track and tottenham can't beat anything anyone decent like i said so they'll be trying to uh beat a very a very decent everton team away from home where plenty of other teams have struggled so uh, I'm, I'm probably going to say like 2-2 two, two for this. Things could be high scoring. Maybe even the 3-3 three, three that we seem to be getting a bit more recently. Well, I have the draw. I do have the draw on the card. I think it's plus 230 right now. So Okay. The, we're, we're riding with the, the draw and the both draw. to score and uh, an over that you like. And uh, yeah, you'll be, you'll be swimming in it. I only do those for West Ham games, Alex. That's <laughs> I don't really, I don't double up on anybody else except that. So... Yeah, we're trying to have another good weekend, but uh, check out Plus Money. It'll be that'll be coming shortly, and um, that'll have my picks. I'll have a video out as well. Just follow the TikTok, and you know, you know what's going on. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week, where I guess we'll react to the FA Cup. We'll have midweek Premier League, I guess, to play off as well. So we'll get you an episode at some point next week. Shout out Javier. He's not here. Can be with us tonight at Javier Rev Nine at Andrew Passaro at AS Moss Ninety Two at Ghost Goal Pod. And until next week, see ya.